The international headquarters of the Sword of the Lord Publishers and Ministries here in downtown Murfreesboro, Tennessee, here in the greater Nashville area, in the southern suburbs of Nashville, in the heart of Tennessee, with Tennessee and the world at heart, this is Making a Difference, and I'm Dr. Shelton Smith. I'm delighted to welcome you today. Thank you for coming along with us. We're going to have a good time just looking into the Word of God, and I trust that you'll find some things every day here on Making a Difference that'll be a help and encouragement to you. We want to be a blessing to you, and I'm delighted that you've joined us today. Yesterday, we started a message that I preached in a conference a while ago, and uh, we do this once in a while just to give me some time because of my travel schedule, but uh, most of the time we do live right here in the studio for those of you maybe that are new and just joining us, just a little explanation here, but I want you to know that uh, once in a while we'll do one of these messages from a conference, and this one is entitled, How to Get the Blessing of God in Your Life, and it's built off of the Psalms where the word blessed is used in the great, great book in the Old Testament called the Psalms. So let's get right to it. Part two of the message entitled, How to Get the Blessing of God in Your Life. The Lord said, you do this my way. You get my blessing. You avoid those things that that steal away the blessing. You delight yourself in what I want you to delight in. And he said, you'll be like a tree planted by the river's water. I have people once in a while say to me, Pastor, they'll say, well, you know, you can't have church on Sunday night or you know, you, you, you just can't build a church in these days, or you can't build great families, you can't raise great kids. And to all of those things, I simply, I mean, I mean, I muster up, I, I muster up whatever vocabulary I can get, but the best I can do is say hogwash to all of that. We may live in a spiritual drought, we may live in a time of spiritual famine. But you and I do not have to be on starvation. You and I do not have to walk the way of the world. You and I do not have to go down the wrong trail. God's willing and able and wants to bless. Uh, look at chapter 2, right at the end of the chapter. Right at the end of verse 12, there's another one of these blessed words. It says, blessed are all they that put their trust in him. And I've been a Christian a long time, been a preacher a long time. And I've read the Bible through many, many times, making my way through it again. There's still things in the Bible that I don't quite have figured out. One of my favorite answers, people ask me a lot of times, they'll ask me questions. One of my favorite answers is, I don't know. Because there are things that I still do not know. But I'll tell you what I've discovered. I've discovered one answer that covers it all. When I can't figure it out, I faith it out. And if I simply, even if I don't understand what it says, if I just simply says it's in the book, God said it, I may not understand it all, but I'm going to take it at face value and believe God for it and do it God's way. And if you'll faith it out, the Bible says there's blessing that comes to those who trust him. And you and I certainly do well when we trust him. Uh, turn to the third one, please, in uh, chapter 32. Uh, Psalm 32. You're going to like this one. Oh, you're going to like this. Chapter 32. Got two of them here back to back in verses 1 and 2. 32, 1 and 2. This one says, Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered, 
Blessed is the man unto whom the Lord imputeth not iniquity, and in whose spirit there is no guile. God says that he will forgive our sin, cover it with the blood of his Son, and in all of that he will not then charge things to our account so that we're obligated to pay for it. We are under the blood, we have his justification, we have the atonement made on our behalf, and I'm telling you, when you consider, I mean, people walking up and down the street out here, I mean, uh, you know, if you run a red light, somebody hits you, they'll mash up the fender of your car just like people out in the world. But there's a difference between folks in the Lord and folks who are not. Whenever you and I walk up and down that street, we, we walk forgiven, we walk uh, knowing that we're covered by the, by the blood of the eternal Christ. We're covered by the atonement that God provided in His Son at Calvary. We are, we are covered and God no longer charges to our account because we are justified in His economy. Now, I'm telling you, there's blessing that goes with that. I, I, may, I may not have the money that some of those folks have. I may not have the, the name that some of those folks have. I may not have the house that some of those folks have. I may not have a lot of things that some of those folks have. But I'm telling you, when all is said and done and you get down to the end of the trail, uh, that uh, money or that house or that name or the privilege or the travel or the things that you've gotten to do in your life... Oh, I mean, nobody's going to be in the emergency room. Nobody's going to be uh, ready to face the surgeon's knife and say, well, you know, I'm just thinking about that trip that I made to the Orient or that trip that I made to South. Nobody's going to be doing that. When you face the time of crisis and trauma and possibly your life coming to an end, what you're going to be wrapped up in, you're going to be saying, thank God, there was a day when I put my trust in the crucified and risen Christ. My sins were forgiven. It was placed, all of it, under the blood. Thank God that I have the assurance that I'm a saved child born again in the family of God, and I'm secure, and that's what will see you through, no matter the outcome of the surgery and other such things. Look over at uh, 41. 41.1, we get another blessed word. <laughs> this one says, 41.1, says, Blessed is he that considereth the poor. The Lord will deliver him in time of trouble. Now, the liberals love to quote this verse because they think it's an endorsement of their social action programs. But I'm going to tell you right up front, I don't think it's anywhere near their social action programs. Uh, you say, well, here, here's a dear soul needs his rent paid. Uh, I'm going to quote that verse and maybe, maybe we should pay his rent. I, I don't think this says anything about you paying my rent or me paying your rent. I don't think it says that at all. You say, but it says that you are to consider the poor and there's a blessing to you if you consider the poor. Well, look at the wording carefully. Consider the poor. You say, what does it mean? Uh, the the, uh, the, the MACDs where I eat breakfast in Murfreesboro every morning has kind of become a hangout from some, for some homeless folks. Uh, men and ladies, on any given morning, there'll be three, four, five, six of them. Not always the same people, but there's, I don't know, probably two dozen or more of them that kind of hang out there. And when I happen to be there for 20 or 30 minutes of a morning, 
getting a bagel, um, you know, I see them. Now, you say, well, those are homeless people. They're, they're, some of them are taking baths in the, in the, in the restroom at McDonald's and, and, uh, you know, they, they don't, they don't dress well and they don't smell good and all that. I, I understand that. I, I, I get the full treatment sometimes just being close to them. Let me tell you what I think this verse says. Through, through my eyes, through my glasses, I need to see every one of them as somebody for whom Christ died. I need to see every one of them as somebody that the Lord loves just as much as he loves me. Now, they, they weary me sometimes because they, they, they bum money and, or try to, and they, they want a biscuit or they want coffee or they want this and that. And, and I've, I've, I've bought them coffee and I've bought biscuits and other things over and over again. I don't always, but, but uh, you know, sometimes I, I set them down and I say, now look, uh, you know, there's this and that. And I, I talk to them just like I would if they were members of my own family. And I, I think the Lord wants us to treat them like they're somebody. Just like somebody who rolls up in a Rolls Royce or a Mercedes or a Cadillac or a Lincoln. I think the Lord wants us to value them and treat them the very same way. And whether they're at McDonald's or whether they walk through the front door of the church, the Lord wants us to consider them as somebody of worth, somebody for whom he died. That means that we treat them well, we love on them. And uh, by the way, my friends from the village, uh, villages who were here this morning, they said to us at lunch today, they said to Pastor Bloom, actually directed it to him, but they said, every time we come to Central Baptist, you've got the friendliest church, the warmest church. Now, uh, you say, well, uh, uh, you know, we've, we've been taught to do that. We've been led to do that. Yeah, yeah, I know. I understand. But you've got to be teachable as well. And you've got to get the hang of that. And you've got the feel of that. And this warmth and this communicating with people that goes on here at fellowship time, handshaking time, and when people are coming in the doors and all that. Believe me. And they're, they're solid Christian folks. But they felt the warmth of being considered when they came in the door. And uh, when somebody who is uh, obviously homeless or whatever, uh, oh, just, just to remember, the Lord says, you, you consider those who are the poor. They, they can't give you anything. They can't provide anything for you. I mean, there's nothing. It's not an equitable relationship. They will not be bringing you anything, but you consider them and treat them as somebody of value. God says, I'll bless you for the way you value them. Look at, uh, oh, let's see, I wanted to do 37. I jumped over that one. 37.23 says, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in his way. Though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down, for the Lord upholdeth him with his hand. I have been young, and now I'm old, yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. He is ever merciful, and lendeth, and his seed, that is the Good man that's described here, whose steps are ordered by the Lord, his seed, meaning his offspring, his seed is blessed. There's the word, blessed. So, you say, well, uh, if I do right, yes, sir, it will trickle down to your children. If, uh, if, if I do what I ought to do, serve the Lord like I ought to, uh, my children's children and my children's children's children may well, I mean, there may be things accrued to them because their granddaddy, their grandmother 
did what they should do. I said to one of my granddaughters uh, just in the last few days, Betty and I were having a little personal conversation with her. And I, I told her about my paternal grandfather uh, that she has never met except in pictures because he went to heaven before she was born. And I told her, I said, you know, I said, when you were born, and that was, this is our first grandchild, I said, when you were born, I said, I told Nanan, that's my Betty, I said, I told Nanan, I did not have to have books on being a grandparent. I did not have to have a manual on that. I did not have to listen to lectures on that. Because my paternal grandfather was absolutely, he was the epitome of everything that a grandparent ought to be. And I said, just growing up and thinking about all the things that he did for me and with me and to me. I mean, all of the ways in which he influenced me. And I said, all I have to do is think about my daddy Pitt. And when I think about my daddy Pitt, I know how to be a granddaddy. Now, you say, what's going on here? His seed, his seed, two generations ago. I mean, I'm reaping, I'm reaping off of what I got from him. I've, I've got grands now. They're, they're two generations out. They're coming along. They're teenagers, some of them now. And uh, hey, listen, oh, listen, we want that to trickle down all the way from there to the next generation, to my generation, to my kids' generation, and to those. And some of them will have children in a few years now. All right, dear friends, we'll have to interrupt right there because our time is just about to be gone for today. But we do have some more of this message left. So tomorrow we're going to hear part three of this message entitled, How to Get the Blessing of God in Your Life. I do like to hear from you, so I hope you'll write me a note real soon. Write to me, Dr. Shelton Smith, at P.O. Box 1099, Murfreesboro, Tennessee, 37133. The email address is radio at swordofthelord.com. Well, listen, we'll get together here again tomorrow, so I hope you'll join me then. Until that time, God bless you. Have a good rest of the day, and goodbye for now. 